It's my podcast today. Change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Andre Anderson. I am both the founder and the host of BSTL. This is my podcast, and I'm so glad to have you all back again. Today is June the 27th. It is now 7 o'clock p.m., and uh, we're just going to do it one more time. Now, first of all, before I get into this conversation today, which is, I think is going to be a really good conversation, I just want to thank those that have been emailing and or sending messages about some of the conversations that we've been having thus far. Um, I really do appreciate it. At least I get a pulse of how you're uh, receiving this information. And for those of you that are probably tuning in for the very first time, can I just tell you, um, we are on several platforms, including uh, Spotify and Google. If you want to come directly to the page, rss.com and type in BSTL. And again, if you have uh, any questions or if you'd like to hear from us directly, uh, please send an email to bstlinc21 at gmail.com. So what are we talking about today? We're talking a little bit about change, right? We're still in the conceptual uh, part of our four C's. And to those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you can go and uh, check out um, another podcast. I, I did put in a bonus episode uh, for those that would like to uh, understand a little bit better what the four C's are that we use here at BSTL. So anyways, let's jump right into it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about where do you start? You know, um, the title of this podcast is Nobody Asked Me Anything. And um, we're, we're talking about how uh, decisions are made by organizations. And I think this is important. Um, as leaders, I think we have to be aware um, that the, the decisions that we make as uh, management, whether we are at the top of the food chain or somewhere a little bit lower down in the food chain, every single decision has the ability and the capacity to impact those who work with us and for us. So let me start off maybe with this story to kind of uh, set the framework um, for what we're talking about uh, today. I, I got a friend that works uh, in the medical field, and we were just talking a little bit about, you know, uh, how uh, decisions are made um, at that particular place. And, 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 and in essence, uh, there's, a, there's an entire um, strategic planning team that was put together. Uh, they brought in an outside organization. That outside organization uh, sat with the leadership within that context, um, heard from the management team, and pretty much decided to now begin to implement uh, some of the ideas based on supervisors, team leads, management, and CFOs, CEOs, etc., uh, after the, uh, the ideas were implemented, uh, here's the reality. The changes that they put in there, um, they actually did more harm than good. And let me explain this part of it. When they decide to make some of these changes around how the office is going to work, how the workflow is going to look like, you know, a lot of different things, one of the things they forgot to do was ask the people that are going to be impacted by the change. Let me just say that one more time. They did not ask the individuals that would be most impacted by the changes to the organization. They just assumed that management had a good enough pulse 
on the nature and the the the, the culture of the office space and so therefore these changes would have been viable ones that everybody would have been happy and excited uh, to experience now the problem is after they implemented it uh, morale began to drop Uh, and when I say drop I don't mean like people are like quitting and whatever but there was a lot of shake my heads you know the I don't know why and you know uh, the, the, the challenge is that you cannot and let me just say this emphatically you cannot make changes that other people are going to have to implement on your behalf without seeing what they have to say and how they believe or how they perceive what it is that you're trying to do. So here's generally what a lot of um, organizations do. Um, They make some assumptions, right? Most places will have uh, some type of leadership board of some sort um, that come together and their responsibility is to continue to move and and create the drivers uh, that ultimately create the change um, towards success. Um, a lot of organizations, they assume that those that are in the board, uh, they are uh, sold out, um, desiring to see the best for the company, uh, for the organization. And so they start there. And they go into this room that has whether 10 people or as many as 20 people, depending on how large the organization may be, or maybe it's less than 10. Uh, There's different uh, research that will tell you that, you know, board sizes need to be a different size. But the reality is when you get into the boardroom, you really are beginning to uh, see what the culture is of that particular organization. So what happens is they go in the room and you begin to see that the movers and the shakers, they begin to do their work. And the thing is, uh, you know, it's, it's such a clever space, the board space, because some of the movers and shakers, they don't say a lot, right? So some of the movers and shakers, they don't stop talking. They'll talk throughout an entire meeting and they will dominate the entire conversation. And so by the time the conversation is finished, really, you know exactly how one or two individuals feel but you don't know how the rest of the board feels. The other side of it is that sometimes you have some very clever uh, influencers and those influencers, they wait and they wait and they wait and they don't say anything at all. And so ultimately what happens is they wait until almost the end of the meeting right before there may be a motion for a decision that has to be made and then they say something that completely Uh, railroads whatever it is that has been discussed and so ultimately what happens is even though there's a decision that has been made it doesn't necessarily reflect the overall organization now the reason why this is important is I'm actually challenging how we normally do what we do as leaders I'm actually suggesting that perhaps the board would not necessarily be the place or the space that you start off from. Start off with those that are on your grassroots. Start off with those individuals that may not necessarily have a whole lot to say. They may not necessarily have all the education, um, but they've been there and they've been working through the changes. They've been working through every decision that has come uh, from the top all the way down. They have been trying to implement and reinforce and do all kinds of things based on the decisions that come from upper management. My argument would be, What would you have to lose by allowing somebody who does not have a voice an opportunity to be in a space where decisions that must be made are made, but with a different purview that's in the room? Here's really what I'm also saying. I'm saying to us that as leaders, 
I think that every now and then it's going to be okay, even though the boardroom at times is a hush-hush space and we don't like to share everything um, before the timing is right. Again, I struggle with that as a concept because if your organization is um, struggling, then what is the appropriate timing to share with individuals, your stakeholders, what it is that you're about to do? Like, why wait until it's too late? So my argument is, and this is the way that I've often led no matter where I've been, is I don't want to hear from those who I'm always hearing from. I want to hear from those who I don't hear from to ensure that I have a purview that may be more balanced with uh, their point of view than not. I want to sit down with other individuals that have different perspectives because here's the thing. They may not necessarily understand how organization all comes together. They may not necessarily understand how, you know, these numbers go and what the Excel sheets um, look like and what projections look like and where we're going in a year from now. But what they do know is how they have to work with the product that they are selling and contributing to. They know how that works. And because they know how that works, they're a little bit more closer to the actual product itself. I would challenge leaders maybe by saying this. What would you have to lose by hearing them uh, poo-poo, so to speak, on an idea that you have in terms of the way forward? Why not let them tell you what they would do instead of what you're doing? Now, here's the thing. It doesn't mean that because their voice would now be front and or center in the room that you have to go with the ideas that they're thinking about. But what if that also does mean that they will say something out loud that would uh, now become the idea that leads to the idea that creates the appropriate change, right? What I'm looking for uh, these days um, as I'm developing my own leaders and, and, and working on strategic plans, I'm looking for people who are passionate, who want the organization to do well. Uh, recently, I read a quote um, from an author by the name of Simon Sinek, uh, he is the author of the book, Start With Why. He says, customers will never love a company until the employees love it first. Customers are never going to be excited until your workers are. And how true is that statement? I, I, I think that that's a, a very true statement because at the end of the day, those that are frontline, if they have not bought into, and when I say bought into, I'm not saying that they have to agree with it, but if they are on the front line and they are not speaking with the same voice that's coming from management, then you've got a, like a humongous problem. Research is beginning to tell us now that um, when people are looking for jobs now, they're no longer just looking at the salary. And I, need, I just need to say this, right? So once upon a time, uh, salary would be more than enough. If you pay me enough, I'll put up with any nonsense that you throw my way uh, because at the end of the day, I can go on a vacation, I can travel, etc. I think that that worldview is now down the toilet, completely flushed and going all the way back to the purification uh, system. I think more people now are beginning to realize that if I'm giving you eight hours of my day 
every single day from Monday to Friday. And of course, for leaders, I don't know that we ever get a day off because sometimes we're working even though the work week is completely finished. But the reality is people are no longer just uh, joining a company because of salary. They're beginning to ask questions around culture. They want to understand how do we value people? How do we affirm people? What are some of the things that we are doing to um, empower and give people the ability to do what they need to do and do it well. They want to know how are people treated. You know, this is one of the reasons why we have to also be very careful. And of course, sometimes you cannot necessarily make everybody happy. It's true. You cannot make every single person happy. However, if people consistently hear that your organization runs a specific way, even if it's not 100% true, it is partially true. And if it is partially true, then you are creating a name around the culture of what your organization is. Now, I think we also have to be careful of how we create our leadership team. And I need to just pause here and say this. I know I'm going to come back to this uh, in, in the next season of these uh, podcasts, you know, we have more than two, but these are the two that I'm going to highlight on. We have different types of leaders. You know, you've got some leaders that are pro-business. You know, they only look at the bottom line. So, hey, we need to make sure that we have a profit uh, margin of a certain percentage or amount by the end of the year. And that becomes the driver for everything that they do. So they don't, they don't necessarily care about how people are processing and experiencing the changes. The thing that matters to them is, did we accomplish what we set out to do in terms of fiscally? Now, there is some benefit to that, right? Because let's be honest, if we are an organization, at some point, somebody has to say, hey, look, we're doing this because we have to make a profit. If we don't make a profit and we begin to decline in our sales, whatever the service is that we provide, then we may go out of business. So I don't want to make it seem as though I'm turning a blind eye to the importance of looking at the dollars and cents and the money component of things. But the flip side is we also do need to have some leaders that are in the room that are people-based, right? Uh, here's one of the things that I've discovered um, as, as a leader, that sometimes we make the assumption that when people come to work from 9 to 5, the only thing that is happening to them or for them is whatever they have to do in terms of the service that they provide from 9 to 5, but the reality is, is that they have other things that are happening, right? You've got people that are getting married, people that are having children, people that are getting divorced, people who are taking care of aging parents, people who are unable to pay for their bills because while they're giving everything to the organization, they may not necessarily be um, getting compensated uh, enough so that they can have a proper uh, quality of life. You have some individuals who have not been able to go on vacation. And let me just also remind us that we're coming out of a pandemic so once upon a time, you know, over the last couple of years, most people would, would slate their vacation and they would go off to somewhere, even if it was just to a cottage or overseas to the Caribbean, whatever, to Europe, doesn't matter. Um, all of that came to a grinding halt. So even though they may have still taken vacation, they didn't get to go anywhere. And so ultimately what ends up happening is they're stressed out. 
So now when you start talking about dollars and cents and how come you're not producing and whatever, there are some invisible variables that impact our ability to do work. So for me, I, I think that it's important that when we are developing our leadership team, we do have to have individuals that are both focused on the bottom line, which is the dollar bottom line, but we also have to have individuals who are focusing on the personnel to ensure that they are not overlooking the needs of the people that are working for them, but they are clear on the context to which they are working within. But then let me also remind us, right, because sometimes we have these expectations that are unrealistic. I mean, there's a lot of organizations, maybe not the billion dollar organizations, but there's a lot of uh, workspaces where people don't have core values and mission and vision statements and objectives that they are actively pursuing uh, to accomplish. So really, you have people that are coming to work every day, but they're not even 100% certain as to what it is that the organization is trying to accomplish. They just know that they've got to complete the work that they are doing. So here's my thing, long before you begin to analyze how people are doing and how the workplace is going and what is the direction that we are going to be heading in, we have to be clear. Um, are those that are working with us and for us clear on what they are doing and why they are doing it and where they fit into the overall big picture? If they are not, they may only see what they do as a thing an assignment, a job description, but they don't see how important it is what they are doing, even if their responsibility is to overall just open a door and close a door. Now, if I can say this, by moving individuals at times from the bottom, and when I say the bottom, um, I'm, I'm maybe saying that tongue in cheek because I don't think that anybody is ever really at the bottom. Here's what I'm really saying. There are some individuals that are um, at the entry level of some of our organizations. They have not expressed any desire to move up and or do anything, but they've been there for a long time. And everybody knows in the office that when this person retires or if this person is away, morale dips and so on and so forth. We have to value people who may not have a, a job description of management, upper management or otherwise, but their contribution to the overall office space is immeasurable. And I know that this sounds kind of radical, but what would happen if you realize that so-and-so who sits in the cubicle they're there every day uh, they come on time they are positive their month ends are positive they uh, they've always grown you've always given them a raise what would happen if you would compensate them as leadership even though they're not because you see the value of what they add to the team you see, sometimes um, I think in, 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 in the spaces to which people occupy, they believe that nobody even notices them, right? And let me just also say this. I, I saw something somewhere recently. I can't remember where. Um, not everybody wants to move up, right? Not everybody wants to be um, a part of the leadership team, right? Because the truth is, the more you move up, you do have to make some sacrifices and you do have to leave some things behind. And yes, there is a greater level of accountability that comes once you become a part of management. But who's to say that because somebody is performing a specific task, but they have proven that by having them there in that office space, 
uh, the contribution that they have, that, which you cannot find on a bottom line, you cannot see their contribution on a spreadsheet, but everybody knows that it's there. What if you give them some type of leadership responsibility or voice that now allows them to be in the space so that we can hear how other people grassroots are feeling about that. Now, I also want to say this, that we're going to have to change the culture of the way that people manage people. You know, I remember I was working somewhere and one of the things that I discovered after a while is that sometimes managers, they go out of their way to preserve themselves, but at the cost of others, okay? They go out of their way to preserve themselves, but at the cost of others. We have to create an environment where when people are no longer pro-company, but they are pro-themselves, we either have to help them to change the way that they see the people that are accountable to them, or we have to create an, an environment that would allow for them to go and work somewhere else because people who are constantly trying to preserve themselves and make themselves look good and, 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 and subordinate other individuals, those individuals will kill your corporation in a New York minute. I can't tell you how many times there were some people that I've worked with, and the truth is they should have been terminated or let go or put to a different area in the company a long time ago, but because of the, uh, the, the um, duration of time that they'd been there, they were left in that position far too long. And instead of them focusing on mentoring and creating leadership that, they, that would ultimately replace them, they just decided that, hey, I'm just gonna sit here and mark time until I'm no longer working here. And haven't we seen those people? And of course, we have more than enough studies and research because we know that that management is getting older and older and older and some people don't want to retire because they enjoy working legitimately and then you have some people who literally cannot afford to retire so what do they do they create an entire culture around themselves to ensure that they cannot be moved out of the space but at the same time they're not doing what they can do to push things forward and I think that that's one of the things that I would love to see uh, because there's nothing worse than sitting underneath a manager who is no longer inspired who no longer cares about what other people are going through they no longer care about moving the organization forward they're just marking time until they finally decide that they are going going to leave. And really, this is about culture, right? And I think that the corporate world has created a culture where management and leaders have almost become untouchable unless they do something to really mess up. And that's why I think that whenever there's a buyout, uh, when another company comes in and consolidates and and puts a new nameplate over the, 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 the corner office, I think one of the reasons why they fire most of the management team is because they don't want to have to deal with the culture that's there. And they also want to create a new environment for those employees that will remain after there's a new uh, management team that is implemented. They're trying to make a statement that, hey, we're about to do something new and we're going to get um, throw out the old and bring something that's new. So here's the thing. When it comes to making changes, as we wind down for this uh, episode here, really what I'm saying is we have to be careful 
how we make the changes and who we are listening to when we make the changes. If we make the changes based on those that we assume should have a pulse on the organization because of their job title, we may do more harm than good. And I'm also not saying on the other extreme that we should only listen to those that are grassroots because I also don't make the assumption that they are all in. Sometimes they have checked out a long time ago. You want to find individuals that still have that twinkle in their eyes. You want to find those individuals that have consistently supported the organization in the high days as well as the low days. My name is Andre Anderson. I am the host and founder of BSTL, hoping that you will be able to enjoy this entire podcast. And again, if you'd like to reach out to me, if you'd like me to come and speak at uh, some type of an event, I'd be more than happy to do so. Send your email to bstlinc21 at gmail.com. Thank you for joining. And remember, leadership is a growing process. So here we have now the recap. Oh, there were so many uh, jewels that were dropped today. So I got eight. I got eight. Write these down. Write these down. Number one, talk to others outside of your leadership team. Number two, speak to those who lead the change. Number three, without a clear direction, don't expect a dynamic workforce. Number four, influencers are not always right. Number five, grassroots employees have deep insight also. Number six, passionate people have limitless potential. Number seven, your office culture really does matter. Number eight, create leadership incentives at the grassroots level.